podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And it is Alexander Mitrovic, the main man, the stepping forward. But can David Marshall keep him out? And Marshall has saved! Yes! Oh, God. Hello and welcome to the Terrace Podcast, the podcast that celebrates nil-nil results the way England celebrates semi-final defeats. My name is Craig Cairns, I am in your area and I am joined by the Don himself, it's Mr Tony Anderson, how you doing? Hello, hello Craig, that's quite the quite the introduction. I'm large, I'm bald, I suppose I'm moving into, I'm getting old, I'm, maybe I'm moving into Don territory in fairness. <laughs> Everything I say about you, you take to mean about your weight. I was talking about you sitting in the pub taking 20s from everybody the other night. (laughs) (laughs) All day. Uh, That was a nightmare. Um, Doing the bets and then everyone only ever able to order off their phone. Uh, By the end of the night after you'd left, Craig, people were starting to struggle because everyone's phones had ran out of battery. (laughs) Actually struggling to get a pint anymore. Uh, So everyone ends up getting stung. Yeah, there's certainly flaws in that system. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, we got the veg and eventually the woman by the end of the night was just accepting card eventually which was uh, which was good but it was fun had by all apart from that result and did you where did you watch the where did you watch the England game Craig? Uh, I was at the Croatia Czech Republic game with Craig Anderson so we I live very close to Hamden so we just came back to mine and watched watched it here lovely nothing uh, nothing too mental I'm sure your night was much more eventful than that um, what's been your favourite part of the England meltdown since um, oh, it's been it's been it's been really good fun um, I just don't they just they just really can't take it at all it's because it's, it's it's, they just have such a, a superiority complex over Scotland in general uh, and then so when that, I just love the switch of we're going to hump them and then the, the the comfort blanket of we are celebrating the nil-nil I just love how quickly we all, we all do it that's just a football fan thing in general don't get me wrong I mean I'm, I'm a hipster. I've done it I've probably done it in the past in, in another way but it's just funny how quickly uh, that can shift uh, I like that video you posted uh, of the guy screaming at the uh, someone posted about guy screaming at the telly where Ryan Sterling had the ball and he was to pass it out to the right hand side of it, pass it pass it pass it pass it and eventually he dives at the end and he goes crazy that was good fun what about also, um, you know, what about enjoyed the, sorry on you go hey get yourself a fucking sky scanner hey yeah he was obsessed with sky scanner that guy <laughs> get, on, get on your fucking sky scanner you'll be booking the plane home fucking soon uh, well, we're playing at home, mate, for a start, so that's pretty good. <laughs> we go, <laughs> go get the gas a goal, as David Brent, to get, 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 I've enjoyed that immensely. Um, it's just, it's good, like, if, if nothing else happens this tournament, the fact that we gave them a bit of a bloody nose is, uh, is, is at least some sort of fun after 23 years. At least we got to enjoy something, uh, even if we managed to leave this without even scoring a goal, which there is a chance. We have a chance going into tomorrow's game uh, against Croatia. Group D Euro 2020 clash. It's pretty much we haven't made the knockouts yet, but we pretty much have a, a knockout tie here. The winner goes on to four points and um, 
I mean, it's it's looking increasingly likely that there could be so many teams on four points that four points doesn't guarantee you going through. But still, as it stands, there's a pretty good chance of four points taking you through. The teams could draw and knock each other out as well, essentially. But um, I suppose the big news going into this game is that Billy Gilmore has tested positive for COVID. Now, we obviously, we wish Billy well, but am I the only one in thinking that um, he won't be that big a miss after his uh, four out of ten first half performance <laughs> against England? On Sky Sports, yeah, I mean, it was the fact that it wasn't just like a four out of ten. They went into quite. He had like a decent little chunk uh, of detail of why he was and how the game was passed him by, and people were running over the top of him, which bizarre. Maybe that was based on the very, very start of the game. I don't know. And then someone's switched off after that, and they've just made. I think we. I don't want to defend the person, but I feel like we people can be all very guilty for that. Is that someone gets off to a bad start, and then that's them pigeonholed for, for the rest of the game by that football fan if you like but we also know th- that uh, we also know second hand that doing player ratings at the same time as writing a match report and two or three other things sometimes isn't really uh, an easy thing to do say. Well, it's not conducive to good analysis I think is they write a paragraph on 22 different things people who, who who are working hard and then finally looking for opinion and stuff to try and cover all the bases because it does it seems ridiculous if you're doing the live reporting you can't watch the game. The minute you look your head down and type, then it defeats the whole purpose. But that's maybe we're going into another thing about how your industry, Craig, has uh, had money cut quite so feverishly that it makes it almost near impossible to do, certainly sports side, uh, to the to the degree that people would want you to. Yeah, while trying to do more. Fewer people yeah. trying to do more things. But anyway, back to this game. And without my uh, joking aside, Billy Gilmore was man of the match against England and is a big reason for raising the spirits going into this game <laughs> and now that's cruelly been taken away from us so what, what do you th- who do you think is going to start instead I see a few different possibilities Henry could come back in and McTominay could move in there Fleck could just be uh, not a like for like in, types, in terms of player but a like for like in terms of that position and don't, don't disrupt the rest of the the team or do you bring in someone like Christie and move McGinn a wee bit further back but then do you want to keep McGinn on Modric I don't know what, what, what's your thing is I feel like um, the last two lineups were fairly easy to predict to a certain degree maybe like 90% of both lineups were pretty easy to predict this one I think he will probably go with everybody else if they're all fit and they're all 100% or whatever they're not uh, nobody's tired from the from the other night but I find it really difficult to see who he's going to bring in here yeah it was a bit uh, the brass eye quote of the of the child be left in the spacecraft uh, with with the paedophile. It's the one thing we didn't want to happen. Sort of struck, was struck a chord to me this morning when I woke up and I saw that Billy Gilmore had been taken out and then uh, group chats across the land. Uh, I imagine when someone done the fake one for Robertson and McGinn were uh, close contact, but it was Scotland NTT. Yeah. Uh, and as we know, the Scottish national team aren't. I like Hibernian FC Club Club, uh, so <laughs> that was that was found to be to be fake. But like I, I'll tell you what, my, my group chat when someone posted that and I found that it was fake was there was a lot of anger in the, <laughs> of that person maybe getting ejected from the from the room. <laughs> um, yeah, in terms of what we're going to do, uh, yeah, normally I think it would have been quite easy, and we'd be thinking McTominay goes in and Cooper and Cooper sort of replaces or Hendry replaces McTominay. But we're not so sure now because as, as has been quite widely reported, McTominay hasn't had 
his best games in the centre of the park for, for Scotland. Uh, and then the second we went back to the back three, he's got a clean sheet against this arguably, even if we get through, I mean, England could arguably be the strongest team that we actually come up against in, in this tournament. And we got a clean sheet and we got a clean sheet well. It wasn't, it wasn't really that back to the wall. We, we, they stopped them getting with one shot on target in the whole game. So you say it seems difficult to see any manager really wanting to change the, the, the defensive makeup of the team off the back of that. So I, I do think it will be someone else. John Fleck, in terms of balance and what he does, seems the most obvious candidate. But I can already tell people won't like that. Um, as we as we found in the Scotland squad, and, and I mean I'm as guilty as anyone. Um, we've got members of the squad that people just don't like, <laughs> and, and uh, Stephen O'Donnell sort of risen above that now, and and, and, the, and he's fine. But there's other people. Uh, you've got your you've got the whole contingency that we've got a lot of ex Celtic players in the squad. So that's like all Rangers fans are on always on the brink of hating them anyway, regardless. And so I think Christie. People forget that Christie's been good for Scotland under Clark and, and everyone so so there's a every time Christie plays, if it's not at the best, people attack him. And then there was O'Donnell is is pretty similar. People don't fancy him. And I get the feeling that, that Fleck would be the same. I think most people would have left if we had everyone fit, Fleck would have been the one that you would assume would have would have got bumped and, and Jack would have would have played. So I think sensibly in terms of balance and the fact we had such a good performance and he might not want to change very li- much Flex seems the obvious sort of candidate for me but people won't like it can you see the any other changes being made I mean I, mm. I I think that as I said earlier I think unless there's somebody that's absolutely knackered and can't then I think he's he's got to go with the same team yeah you've got to like I said we he made four changes um, after the the Czech Republic game, which um, some 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 obvious ones like Tierney's fit, he plays, and that's like, and there's no there's no manager in the world that would try and pretend to be galaxy brain enough to not just do that. It's just that's that's a simple thing that he must play. Um, but yeah, I think he he was pretty brave with the Gilmore one, so it's sad that it's not going to continue. But yeah, I think you after that performance, the feel good nature of the Fans going into this uh, at Hamden, who, who do you drop? Who do you look in the eye uh, before uh, the game, the biggest game in some of their guys' careers? Well, most of the guys' careers, really, and say that you're not playing after because there wasn't there wasn't anyone in that England game that was below an eight. Yeah, but, but that's that's why I say fitness, and partly because we 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 didn't make many subs in that game either. A lot of players ran yeah, themselves that's a, that's into the a ground. Fair point. So. It's quite a quick turnaround. I, I, um, yeah, I don't know. But at the same I, I think time, it's, momentum would carry anyone through at this time. Yeah, um, it's, and it's all or nothing. Yeah, that you're right. Adrenaline and, and it being all for all or nothing right now. I mean, we'll we'll take fitness issues in the next game if we get one. You know, what I mean. So I think we're going to have to try and be brave on the ball again. I suppose we could talk about Croatia a wee bit because. I was at their game against the Czech Republic. Um, I'm sure most uh, most of us would have watched them against England as well, and they've not really impressed. They're a team out of form at the moment, so they're still dangerous. We still know that they could easily put us away, but they've chopped and changed in the first two games. They'll 
they're probably going to do it again because they made two changes at halftime in this game against the Czech Republic and they equalised instantly and didn't really do too much after that so it wasn't as if you can't even say that it was a masterstroke from the manager or the two players that came on really changed the game because they scored within a minute 30 seconds of those guys coming onto the pitch and, and the game it just kicked I'm off I hadn't even settled yet to see if they had they could make a mark on it so uh, Rebic is out of form Kramaric hasn't done much um, Modric has played a lot deeper and hasn't got involved in matches as much as he usually does Kovacic is quite good at progressing the ball but still not really damaged any teams um, the they don't look that great at fullback. Versaiko doesn't look the player he was. The left back, I can't remember his name because G plays Vardial, for Vardial or Vardial. I thought it began with G, but he, he plays for Dynamo Zagreb. It's G, it's G V A R D I O L or something like that. He's come in and said Barisic. I don't know whether Barisic isn't fit or not, but um, he um, hasn't really caused much damage down that side. They, they really haven't been that great and. I'm, I keep caveating, that, caveating this because I know that they could easily turn up and put a couple of goals past us and just shut us up but at the same time we couldn't I mean of all the great Croatia sides there's been over the last 20, 30 years or however uh, long it's been yeah, well, I suppose I've only been a country again for about 30 years haven't they, um, <laughs> they this is about as good a Croatia side on form and ability I think as we could hope for I think yeah I, th- I think it would be if- I think Barisic is injured. I do think that is what, what I've heard. They'd be lunatics, lunatics to not play. If he is fit to not play him tomorrow, they, um, Scotland have been susceptible to conceding goals for set pieces um, in the qualifying campaigns. I'm sure and, Stephen O'Donnell hasn't enjoyed playing against Borna Barisic uh, the yeah. season that's just passed. And then you've... And, so that, and obviously we've got... We play quite likely we're only going to play with one centre-half. So cross balls is the kind of thing that you would be thinking. I mean, England didn't do anywhere near enough of that, in my opinion, on on Friday, actually put cross balls in the box and ask questions like that. So if you have Barisic and his ability... They cross it into. Um, yeah, again, Kane was half... Kane was dead. Um, <laughs> he was too, too deep inside Mr. Hanley's pocket. But um, but so I would be... I'd definitely be paying Barisic. It's interesting thing you're saying about that goal, because uh, I commented on this when I was watching it. It wasn't the goal of a team. It was a goal of a a top player being very frustrated at what's going on around them and how this is all plan- panning out for them and just taking taking things into his own hands. And you know what? He takes the ball, he buys himself a yard, and he fucking lashes it. Aye. And the keeper should save corner. it. Yeah. So it's it's that that was again a, a top player getting very frustrated. Uh, and just t- taking matters into his own hands, like I said. So there was nothing in that game that made me think that Croatia had upped their levels from the England game. In the England game, they played, they were really safe. And uh, it was so easy for, when I watched it, for Mings to, to like pick the ball. They, they played balls forward and it would never be perfectly done. There'd be no supporting cast members when a forward was picking up the ball. And they just outnumber them. Against us, they are going to, to commit men and could... I'd like us to play with a bit of pace somewhere, and it's not something we're really completely blessed with. Because if we can hold on, I could see them getting quite desperate. Because they'd be getting—I mean, I mean, what getting drawn with Czech Republic and getting beat off Scotland, or drawn with Scotland and and going out sounds shit. If you're like, you know, like if you're a country like Croatia on paper, 
and to the rest of Europe, that's like pathetic after winning the after getting to the World Cup final. Um, I, I think um, you mentioned Perisic there. He is one of the players that I'm worried about. I think he could do damage to the right hand side of our defence. If it's McTominay and O'Donnell, we're going to have to we're going to need another performance that they put in against England. Mm-hmm. If Perisic is, is at it, because he he can be a match winner. That guy, he is the one guy that I'm worried about in this team. Modric can turn it on as well, but. From what I've seen so far, he's playing very far away from the goal, and he's he's not really he's not really putting his mark on games like he has done in the past. So, so yeah, I think McGinnon, Modric, we can nullify that. I think they've they they've chopped and changed so much, and they haven't really got much form out of um, anybody up around side Perisic. So, I think if we can nullify him as well. I think we're on to something. I think the big the big thing for us though is putting the ball in the net. We've mm-hmm. to do anything we've got to put the ball in the net at least once. And we're having we're we're, hitting, we're we're having shots on target, we're creating chances. So it is it would be really, really sad for us to go out here as an Achilles heel of just be not being able to take our chances because most people would have been thinking we'd be back to the wall uh, for, for, for the three games and maybe creating a goal for a set piece, but it hasn't really played out that way. It was individual errors that sort of done us against Czech Republic, and then we were stretched, but we created plenty. I mean, I'm not, I can't think of many Scotland games I've watched where we had so many like good chances as Czech Republic game, and then the England game. The England game was a completely different performance than anyone expected. I think that's, I think that's not a reason why when people talk about celebrating a nil-nil draw. There's 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 facets to that because it's you're 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 celebrating because you're still in the tournament being the main one for me. Then there's a second one is that you've stopped one of the best teams beating you. Then you add it's one of the best teams. It's also one of your your biggest right. Well, it's your biggest rival on the world stage. But then the next thing after that was because it was completely not how you expected the game to go, and that gave you sort of like. Like you suddenly think your faith in the team went up in that moment. Is that the you performance? Can, we, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the way we played. Something. Apart from that scramble at the end, because um, I remember I saw something the English media talking about. Um, this is the moment that described the whole game, and I, that's absolute fucking nonsense. That was a one-time thing that just happened at the back of the scramble. That doesn't portray what happened in that in that football match whatsoever. So all those things is what I think gave the excitement levels. Uh, to, to the Scotland fans after and I'm another part of me that's a bit sad about Gilmore apart from the obvious ones because he looked like such a good player and he helps us keep the ball really well which is exactly what made that performance happen let's be let's be frank um, is he's he sort of looks he, he, he styles similar to Modric um, Gilmore uh, and it would have been nice seeing him going up against a 35 year old 36 year old Luka Modric and maybe laying a marker down on him and it's almost like a sort of passing of the torch moment and I'm not saying it definitely would have happened but I would have liked that it was a narrative that could have been there um, and, and, and Gilmore so it's a younger basically a younger version of Modric where he can do a lot more snap at the tackles and, and his pressing is different uh, but the style can be quite similar about being willing to take the ball into tight areas dictate a whole game so I'm a bit sad that that sort of narrative isn't there, like because that would have been that would have been plastered all over the tabloids. Is our sort of like if Modric had a shit game and Gilmore had been good, having them two and the pictures of them side by side during the game or headlines of passing of the torch or whatever like that, and that would have been good fun just because it's look a fucking Modric. <laughs> You're even talking about a Scotland player, um, 
but yeah, there's there's other things. I mean, Lovren and Vida, I don't think they're they're, they're bad players uh, whatsoever. I mean, they've played at really high levels and, and they've been good. But again, they 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 can be rash, and they're they're both very very similar. So I think um, Dykes leaning on one of them, maybe Lovren and, and, and noising up would be really good. But I think a third man running could be nice because I could see Lovren goes, from what I remember watching for Liverpool, he likes to go wandering. He can be easily pulled out of position. He's rash. He likes to ball watch. And he gets, so if we can have someone committing like John McGinn, uh, who's willing to maybe go in behind and if Dykes pulls him out of position and someone actually v- actually go and vacates that area of the pitch and goes in beyond, then I reckon we could get chances from that. But that's the best be... centre half in the world you're talking about, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll ask what he certainly thought of himself. Uh, and I, I, I don't like, I, I like Lovin. I like he's, um, yeah, I like yeah, he's exactly. a bit spiky. I like that he's a bit spiky, but there's definitely, he, he makes errors. It's just, and so the, and so does Vida when I watch them, that they're, they're, they're proper centre half, they're rugged guys. They, they, they want to play centre half, but that means that sometimes the concentration levels goes because they, they strike me as guys who get very pumped uh, before games and that can work in the opposition's favour uh, as we've seen in the past. So um, oh, it's going to be fucking great because it's, it's, it's really good. I'm, I really hope that both teams know that a win is enough by the time because it could be a proper ding-dong bat and I can say like the desperation levels could get high for teams and that's what always makes out for sort of like really really good exciting games and be really nice for once in this if we could go to a match like that where it's a proper ding-dong battle and somehow come out with a last minute goal that puts us through and um, after it'll be absolutely fucking good exciting it is is really exciting that we've managed to get to this stage and beating our what we're now calling a past at Croatia team. To, uh, the, the, things that the announcement that would make to the rest of Europe in this tournament, if Scotland go ahead and, and sort of knock Croatia out, which would frankly be what the case would be, they'd knock them out uh, and go through, it would be pretty spectacular, really. A Croatia team in transition, not yes. not a past it. Croatia team Croatia is a, is a part of the world that creates a lot of good footballers, uh, usually. So finally... Tony. So they, they also put paid to they, they are also the kind of country that stops us we always talk about our lack of options due to our uh, small population all that and it's always countries like Croatia that would make you go Uruguay stop. Belgium yes maybe not quite you know, that, that excuse doesn't really wash because it doesn't these teams countries we always at least have decent teams like yeah. obviously they've, they've got they have better ones at different times but they never drop below a so a certain level and uh, certainly never drop as low as we have in the in the last 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Now, Tony, as is customary, we usually put a bet builder together for, for these uh, previews. So what, what have you got for us? This is probably a difficult one or maybe a difficult one to get decent odds for because I would definitely, if it was me, I'd be back in few goals. I'd probably be avoiding the goal scorer market because I think it's just more than most matches this was just a complete lottery who's going to get that goal um, but what what's your thinking on it? Yeah uh, exactly what I'm thinking I'm, I'm just obviously we've had I've had, uh, done the one for uh, Shea Adams to score and, and, and unfortunately never made it because the rest of that bet builder came in against England the double chance and uh, John McGinn to get booked that was I honestly thought that John McGinn to get booked was the most obvious bet of this entire tournament very early as well yeah, yeah. Um, so I've actually went for something that still allows for glorious failure, um, as is tradition. So I went for Scotland to win the match by one goal. 
Uh, and as people will know, hopefully that will be enough. But there is every day it gets closer and closer to not being enough, uh, which is uh, so the, the most scary thing about this. I do like all the permutations because you forget. Sometimes you just forget that you that we have to beat Croatia. You think that, that that's the bit that's a given somehow. And it's you all start with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've just totally forgot that that matters. Uh, and uh, bloody, or for Carolina, Turkey not scored. Fuck's sake. Yeah, like, and so I'll, we're complete fault. And it'll be 1 uh, 1, and we'll both go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably what's going to happen. But come on. Uh, and uh, so it's going to win the match by one goal. And as I was talking about him there as being rash, he also got booked in the last game. Uh, Dijan Lovren to get booked. And just those two things, it's 30 to 1, uh, which I thought were really big odds. And so just simple as that. Lovren to get booked and Scotland to win the game by a goal. Uh, 30 to 1. So Not bad. On your head, yeah. Get your fiver on it. I get your fiver on it and we'll have a nice time that's what £150 that would be so great times great times uh, and we are getting together tomorrow to watch this Craig which I'm excited about some beer garden fun during the day and then into a dungeon bar in Edinburgh for hopefully some pandemonium because I really feel like we deserve at least a goal to, to celebrate although the England game did feel like I was just celebrating one long big goal because I was watching that and we were all pissed because we were out during the day so it was just hubris and bravado one long and VAR what, check yeah, yeah so it's hubris like what always do in these games is you go in the start hubris and bravado so every player that plays for England is shit and you laugh at them all the time and then you just wait until they score and then that's plays bravado. for wolves yeah and that stops but in this case the goal never ever came so the bravado went up 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 and then the last 10 minutes came and it was just almost pure silence but it is enjoyable watching a game in that manner because you celebrate everything I mean we were cheating completed passes <laughs> in that game in the, in the pub every tackle every time an England player done anything that wasn't perfect was was great so Wait, was were fun. you cheering Stephen O'Donnell passes because I was getting to the point where I was having to stop myself from sounding patronising but the point was not just that he had gone from not looking very good on the ball to looking sensational on the ball. <laughs> Sorry, that he became good to be like going back to his par to his level. He took it up a level. He, yeah. like, he was pulling off passes like just casual kind of chips over England players' heads or cross field passes, and and getting it right on target like where where he was aiming for. It. And I don't remember him putting any of them wrong I, I I mean I was said at one point to Craig during the game we need to check I still haven't but still, we need to check Stephen O'Donnell's past completion rate after this game because he was just absolutely uh, sensational the way he was knocking the ball about and yeah because it's it was the ones like you're saying the, the, the dinked balls from wide into Adams or Dykes uh, they were hitting on target every time and they were always holding it up and then we were able to play from there and they're like really difficult balls to, to pull off all the time. And it was, that happened really, really early uh, in the game, like right from kickoff, something like that, that pass and it came off and almost felt like everyone's confidence went from there. Like even in the pub, like, like straight away. Uh, and yeah, to see. And the know, opposite happened. Going... The opposite happened against Czech Republic for him. Like it, it, there was one shaky moment early on and it kind of got in his head. And while he, okay, Clark's right. He had a good defensive performance. There were still times where he, on the ball technically he was lacking and I think it was more mental than anything else I think he just got in his own head for a little while it kind of so yeah it's two different ways of set the tone for him basically 
he shit himself as well in the chair in public game because I, I remember there was a period where he just all he would do is pass back to the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. He, I could see that like, that was all he wanted to do, uh, and he would just it all got completely overwhelming. As I made this point previously, is like well, Donald when he first came into the Scotland team, he was really poor, and then he had two, maybe one, two, th- maybe even three games where it really looked like it was out his depth. Then he settled, and then he was doing he was doing fine, either doing fine or doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and by the way, the, the games where you're talking about is out of his depth. We're talking about the likes of Israel, and I'm sure yeah. it was. It might not have been Albania, but there were, one of the games I remember at Hamden was against Israel, and he was he was struggling in in that game. There were a few games of that kind of level of opposition. And then he's went into a tournament, which while it can still be the same level because you can still play in the same teams as you play in a qualifying campaign, but I just mean the the status of it all is is, is another level, and it, and it feels like Will Donald. Because he seems like a really lovely guy with a lot of humility, um, that maybe there's a bit of imposter syndrome he has to get over at the start, and then once he gets over that and he settles, then he's able to impose himself in the game, keep the concentration levels, and not worry about something maybe going slightly wrong. Um, and the mental aspect, I don't think that even sounds crazy because I'm sure, especially for a, a fullback, wing back. I mean, it's different for like. So Kevin Nisbet, for example, or Lawrence Shanklin, they come in. These guys are, and and they maybe aren't quite at the level that you would want. Okay, so maybe they are a bit, maybe imposter, right? I'm just I'm using them as example rather than saying that they are. But they're strikers. They 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 have a natural swagger, a natural confidence, and they're and and that the, the other players don't have. But for O'Donnell, it was. I think he knew. He must know obviously he spoke about it and he spoke about it really eloquently and openly about it and I really appreciated someone being able to do that because I think I think there was that moment when he started speaking it but everyone related to him at that point I think everyone's understood what that feeling would be like not to the same scale as he's talking about but understanding people maybe not thinking you're very good at your job or when you were at school maybe not being good enough to play in the school team or whatever people would have experienced that feeling that he's talking about and I really thought it was really important um, and brave of him to come out and do that because I don't think a lot of players would have spoke in quite so openly about that because you're really putting yourself on the line there and I think he's also had that problem that he, he believes that people would be thinking he's Clark's sort of son um, the old sort of Darren Fletcher at Man United with Alex Ferguson calling him son and some people thinking he shouldn't be there he's only there because of that and O'Donnell was that so that he's clearly when he's talking about it, I love the fact he's admitting that there was all these things are going round his head and it must be really tough and I think we it's another example and we spoke about it on the podcast before um, human beings man and we, we, we've, we, we are very guilty all of us um, on podcasts in the pub um, day-to-day life in the office or whatever of completely just forgetting that <laughs> especially ones that are like on 1500 two grand a week Aye, they've got good lifestyles but they don't live in a completely different stratosphere from from, from you or me uh, they, they understand what normality is um, yeah. and I think we sometimes forget and I think again and I'm not talking about whether we like Nicola Sturgeon or whatever but I actually quite liked her coming out and talking about O'Donnell and that was quite a role model thing to do is the way he was talking so eloquently about it because I do think I was, as I said I, I related to him at that point and I think it was one of those moments like anyone who watched that took a second to think aye maybe we should Stephen O'Donnell man we're not talking about Paul Pogba or like or like Ronaldo <laughs> who water off a duck's back because they just go home and they've got their swimming and money this it, guy is feeling it he's hurting um, and he's done something magnificent and then spoke to us all about it after so it's great it was great really great 
It'd be better if she, her and her government didn't hate football, though, I, I guess. But he... Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe and Stephen O'Donnell's going to change that. Stephen O'Donnell's Stephen going to unite uh, the SNP with football fans. <laughs> if anybody can do it, Stephen O'Donnell can. <laughs> but yeah, I think we should uh, I think we should leave it there, Tony. Anything else yeah. to add ahead of this game other than, come on, hey, fuck Scotland. <laughs> uh, please, just give us the just that, that moment. Uh, I just really hope that before the game, we know... A win's enough. That's yeah. really what I want. I want to go. I don't want to be looking at permutations of the game. I just want to focus purely on if they score one more goal and then then we're going through, and that's and that'll be what a day, what a day. I also think I don't obviously don't want us to go out, but if we get a draw, good performance, and go out, I think we can look back on the tournament and largely be fairly happy with ourselves as a kind of learning experience. The whole the real quiz is to be qualifying regularly for the mm-hmm. Euros. Um, and if we can put this down, if we can do that and put this down to some sort of um, a learning curve, difficult learning curve, then I think that could be a good experience for a lot of these players because I think the knee-jerk reaction against Czech Republic was, oh, we've absolutely fucked this. Mm-hmm. And then, and the kind of, when you sober up the next day, you kind of think, well, we actually played pretty well. We just couldn't put the ball in the net and they had a, a an expensive goal scorer that could. And then we put in an even better performance against England again we can't quite put the ball in the net so if we go out of this tournament with three good performances uh, and and we but we, we just we just fall short I, I think I think we can still be happy with ourselves and then we've got the World Cup still coming and then so Germany 2024 um, the thing is it's a, it's a good time this time because there's a tournament next year then there's an R tournament in, in three years so there's only one year in the next three that doesn't have a tournament so if there was ever a time to get your confidence and feeling good about yourselves, then it could be so. It could be a really great little period to to be a Scotland fan, and we could get our we could get our comeuppance that we need. And I mean that in a positive manner. We deserve a little a little bit of love, and it'll be nice to get. Definitely. Let's hope we get some tomorrow, Tony. But yeah, um, enjoy the game, and yeah, come on, Scotland. See you all soon. Great. Bye bye. Oh, I'm going back to Loch Ness. Yeah. Sports Social Podcast Network.